Dear Cheap Astronomy, is solar or nuclear better for a future Mars base? A common theme on Cheap Astronomy with regards to space exploration is that just because we can do it doesn't mean we will do it. Since any billion dollar investment is going to require some kind of return on investment, whether that be an actual monetary return or political capital or whatever. And even then, if there's a major risk of people dying and or the mission failing, it probably won't get off the ground in the first place. So, for a while now, we've been running with the line that establishing a base on Mars would be problematic if it's going to rely on solar panels for electrical power generation, since Mars has somewhat unpredictable months-long dust storms. So, on balance, the best option is to go nuclear. But a recent 2022 study compared two scenarios with a six-person crewed mission landing on Mars, establishing a base, staying for 480 days, and then returning to Earth. The mission would draw on in-situ resources, primarily water and CO2, for the purposes of staying alive, generating power, and making large volumes of methane to fuel the journey home. The solar versus nuclear comparison is of course just a mathematically model comparison where energy requirements are calculated and then the different energy options capacity to deliver on those energy requirements are compared. The study concluded with the headline finding that the solar power option would be better at Mars's equatorial regions, but if you move the base towards the poles, then the nuclear option starts looking better. But now, let's go beyond the headlines. For example, what does better actually mean? After all, both options are scalable. If you want more power from solar, you just add more panels. And if you want more power from nuclear, you can get a bigger reactor or more fuel throughput. So what the study actually means by better is the ratio of the payload mass you have to fly to Mars and the subsequent energy output that's achievable from that mass. As you'd expect, solar panels are fairly low mass, but you have to include an energy storage solution. Otherwise, there'd be no power at night not to mention during the dust storms. It turns out that the best energy storage solution, again based on payload mass, is a water electrolysis solution, where you divert some of your daytime solar-generated power to electrolyzing water into hydrogen and oxygen, which can later be recombined back into water just using traditional fuel cell technologies which generates electricity, heat, and more water. Of course, if you go nuclear, that will run 24-7, so you don't need to be so reliant on energy storage. The 2022 study works off specs of NASA's Kilopower Nuclear Fusion Reactor, pleasingly named the Kilopower Reactor Using Sterling Technology, or CRUSTY. So, if you flew CRUSTY to Mars... It would be outcompeted by the solar option if the base was established near the equator, but it wins out for a base established near the poles. 
This overall finding suggests there's actually not that much difference between the two options. And let's remember the mission is dependent on in situ resource utilization, notably water, where most of the known water sources on Mars are polar. So in that respect, Krusty looks pretty good. But let's take a deep breath here. If you did land on Mars, and your only way off again was to generate a large volume of methane from in situ resources, then one of the many things you would want some certainty about is a reliable energy supply. So really, the best solution is to establish some redundancy. So why not fly both the solar and the nuclear systems, so if one breaks down, you just switch to the other. It is a lot more mass to fly, but you're less likely to die, so what the heck? Once you do have a reliable energy source, with redundancy options, all you then have to do is to manufacture rocket fuel from local resources to get home again. And what could possibly go wrong with that?